familiar scripture if you've been in this thing for any time at all, you know, a year or so. But if you haven't, it, it might not be familiar to you. I wished I had. I, I'd like to read the whole chapter, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to read verses 4 through 7. But when you go home tonight, if you, if you want to, read the whole chapter. It's pertaining to Christ, prophesying about Christ and his arrival and what he will go through as a man when he gets here. Come on, somebody. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. Praise the Lord. Do you have it? Surely he hath borne our griefs, talking about Jesus, Isaiah's prophesying, and carried our sorrows, yet we did not esteem him stricken, stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised, everybody say bruised, for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Thank you, Jesus. All we like, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord had laid on him the iniquity of us all. He took it all. We've talked about it this morning. He was oppressed. Everybody say oppressed. Now I've got to I've got to stop right there for just a second. That word oppressed here in this text means to be put in pressure. He was pressured. He was put in pressure. Ah, what was that pressure? I'm glad you asked. We'll find out here in a little bit. He was oppressed, and he was what? Afflicted. Yet he did what? He opened not his mouth. Whew, we got into this this morning a little bit. You understand what I'm saying? He is brought as a lamb to a slaughter, and as a sheep before the shears is dumb or couldn't speak, so he opened not his mouth. Father, we come before you right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the ability to be here tonight. God, I ask you, Lord, to speak what you want spoken. Lord, give us ears to hear what the Spirit has to say to us tonight. Lead us and guide us, Lord, according to your righteousness, according to your word. Father, possess this vessel. Lord, speak what you want spoken, God, in the way that you'd have it to be. No more, no less. Father, I thank you tonight, Lord, for what you've shown me. I thank you, Lord, tonight for your spirit. I thank you tonight for your word that you're going to send forth, for I know that it will not return unto you void. Therefore, God, I give you the glory, I give you the honor, and I give you the praise, and all God's children said. Let me get one more drink here. Can I take my time a minute tonight? He was what? oppressed or he was put under pressure come on somebody amen and he was afflicted yet he opened not his mouth the title of my message tonight is under pressure under pressure 
I'll look at somebody and say, under pressure. I want you to get what I'm talking to you tonight. I want you to understand tonight as we get into this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach, preach tonight. Would that be all right? Amen. I want you to understand how many of you with a hand raising have ever asked God for a greater anointing. I'm sorry. Uh, because how many remembers the, the message I preached just a little while back? Unexpected answers. Because sometimes we pray crazy prayers and don't even understand what it takes to answer the prayer that we prayed. Every hand in the building went up. We all want a greater anointing with God. Am I right? We all want a greater walk, a greater anointing. Amen. But what we don't understand is it takes pressure. Look at somebody say pressure to get that anointing of God. And the problem is, so many times, uh, uh, Brother Ray, when God starts allowing the pressure to be put upon our lives, we want out of the pressure, and we start asking God to remove the pressure, remove what is causing the problem in our life, remove these things, God, and, and we don't understand. What you're doing is, Lord, one day, I'm praying, God, I want to a greater anointing so he starts putting a pressure upon your life to press out that anointing out of you and then you start praying God I can't handle this Come on, somebody. Uh, Lord, I, uh, Lord, you got to fix this situation. And the whole time, God's up there trying to tell you, you asked for this. You want this. Uh, amen. Uh, all you got to do is understand that I'll take you through it. Amen. I, I'm not going to leave you in the middle of the mess. Uh, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm right there with you. I'm a present help in trouble. Uh, amen. We got. He's trying to bring all these words back. Amen. Amen, his word that you know, but so many times we still don't like the pressure. Come on, somebody. So God finally removes us out of the pressure, and then you start praying, God, I want a greater anointing again. Hello, can I get a witness? How many knows what I'm talking about? But I want you to, can I teach just a little bit? I, I had some pictures I wanted to put up and some things happened. We didn't get time, but I'll do my best to explain what I want to explain to you. I want you to understand here, amen, and Isaiah, he's prophesying about his death. He's prophesying about how he was going to be beaten. He's prophesying how he was going to go to the whipping post, bruised for our iniquity. Everybody say bruised. He's prophesying about how how Jesus is going to go to the cross, amen, and die a sinner's death, amen, for you and I. And how many knows that Jesus was the greatest man, is the greatest man, will always be the greatest man, that has always walked the face of this earth, but he was still a man here on this earth, come on somebody, amen, but he had to be in the press, amen, he was anointed, but he got even more anointed, if that makes any sense, amen, when he was pressed down to death, when he went down into the pits of hell and got the keys of death, hell, and the grave, was the greatest time that he was anointed here on this earth, come on somebody, ah, let me break it on down. I learned some things. You don't like his brother Steve. The, the, the word oppressed here means to be pressed upon. 
And we all know that he represents himself as the olive tree. We all know that he represents us many times as olive trees and olives. Come on, somebody. Now, now, olives in the Bible time, amen, was the most important thing that they had in Jerusalem. Can I break it on down? Take my time here for a minute. I want you to understand, amen, that how, you know, we all know what olive oil is, right? Come on, somebody. We got it right here. We we lay hands on the sick and we, we see them recover, amen. I, we anoint people for purposes. Come on, somebody. And we use olive oil to do that. Am I right? Am I right? Representing what? The anointing, the Spirit of God. So we know the representation of it, but I want to talk to you just a little bit tonight about how God wants to anoint you. Are you ready? Uh, let me, let me, I'm not going to keep you in over a couple hours. You've got to be put under pressure to get the oil. But there's more to it than that. You've got to keep your mouth shut in it. You know, he ain't putting the pressure on you. Ah! That's the only difference between us and an olive. An olive doesn't scream. Come on, somebody. But neither did Jesus. And he is our example. Come on, somebody. Can, can I go a little bit further? Can I go a little bit further? I, I think about Matthew. It's in Matthew chapter 26. It's in Mark chapter 14. It's in Luke chapter 22. It's in John chapter 18. And I think about how Jesus, amen, at the end of his ministry, which is being prophesied about right here, the end of Jesus' ministry, he goes where, Brother Steve? He goes to the Garden of Gethsemane. Am I right? Am I right? Come on, come on, preachers, help me out. He goes to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. And matter of fact, not only at the end of his ministry, the many times the Scripture says that's where he went to pray. Why the Garden of Gethsemane? I'm glad you asked, Brother Mike. Because the Garden of Gethsemane, the word Gethsemane means oil press. He, the, the Garden of Gethsemane is just down off the mountain right before you get in Jerusalem. And up on the mountain we have the Mount of Olives. The olives. The olive trees are there. There's olive trees in the garden. And that's where all of Jerusalem would get their oil from for their lamps and for the priesthood and for all these things. They would get the oil from the Mount of Olives because it was an olive orchard and the trees up there. We're going, oh, no, not yet. Don't hold me back, Lord. Uh, uh, and the trees up there are very, very old. Oh, my God. Uh, don't, I don't want to preach yet. i got to get you somewhere. I want you to understand, uh, amen, that the Olives, the Mount of Olives is up here. Amen. The Garden of Gethsemane is down here. They had an oil press. Everybody say oil press. And how do you get the oil out of the olives? I'm glad you asked, Brother Ray. We're talking about Jesus and his death. We're talking about the anointing of God on your life and on my life. How do they make the oil? And how many knows that if we're the olive... We go through the same thing as that olive did. How many knows that that's a representation of what God does with us, amen, and oil and order to get the oil out of us? 
I'm all right so far. Let me break it on down. They, they got this great old big, great old big. I wish they had them pictures, but they got a great old big, way bigger than this. But they got this great old big round rock, amen, but it's tuned out like this right here, you know, like a big sink. Big round, y'all seen them big round sinks? Got the little fountains, something like that. You know what I'm saying? Got a big dip in it all the way around. And in that, it's got a great old big millstone that weighs around 1,200 pounds on the average. That's a lot of weight. That's a little over a half a ton. Amen. And they got a big log stuck through that. It's got a hole in the middle of it. And that big log comes out. And then they hook a, a donkey to it. Amen. And they walk that thing around. And as they walk it around, that big old millstone, amen, that Jesus said it'd be better for you not to offend one of my little ones or I'll put that millstone around your neck cast you oh I don't want that you can go ahead and smash me with the olives you hear me amen and he and they would take that donkey amen and they would walk it around there sister Janie but they, they would fill that thing full of olives can I go on so the first thing that has to be done is you have to be chosen got to be picked off the tree come on somebody how many knows he said I've chosen you you have not chosen me come on somebody we're just hanging around on the tree hoping the Lord use me Come on, somebody. Lord, use me. And one day, and when you keep praying, oh, God, I want to be used. I want to be used. I want to be used. He said, okay, let me put you in the press. That ain't what I prayed for. <laughs> huh? Let me put you in that press and run over you with a 1,200-pound rock. Maybe, maybe, not, maybe I prayed wrong. <laughs> and they take those olives and they put it down in that, that, that basin, amen, and they take that donkey and they begin to walk it around. And I found this pretty interesting. We don't get into some more stuff here in just a minute. They do it on the average of 20 minutes. It takes 20 minutes to smash an olive with a 1,200-pound rock. It don't make no sense. That's a lot, isn't it? I mean, a 1,200, I can smash an olive. Come on, somebody. Amen. But they put it in there for 20 minutes, they work that ox. 20 minutes, Brother Howard. And it's just nothing but mush in there. And God said, I'm now I'm starting to get you where I might be able to use you a little bit. Let me, let me break it on down. They call what separates from the oil flesh. Are you with me? Uh, but, but, but they don't separate it right then. It's starting to separate. But it's still mixed together. Can't use it. I'm going to say that again. It's still so much of each other in there. You can't determine which one's which. Is that okay, Brother Howard? So then they take these big old baskets. They're about two foot round. Amen. And they're only about that deep. They ain't real big and deep, but they're, they're made very heavy. I mean, I don't know. They, they weave them things. They're, they're a heavy-duty basket. Amen. And then they take those olives that smashed up. Y'all getting me? And they take them olives, and they, they take all that, and they put it into that basket, the oil and the, and the flesh. And then they bring it over here to what they call an oil press. And they put it, 
They put that basket over top of this hole that's made to fit the basket. And they get about 12 baskets on average is what they do. That kind of reminds me of 12 disciples. And they get 12 baskets and they put it upon that. And then they got a great old big flat rock or log, either one. And they put it there with a big old long 20, 30 foot log sticking out here. But in the end, it's stuck in the wall. So when you push on that, how many knows leverage, you can put a lot of pressure on something. Come on, man, help me out. Hey, man, you got a 20 foot log out there, boy. You can put some pressure on that little tiny olive. Come on, somebody. Hey, man, so they got that log out there, Brother Howard, and they got that oil in there, and they got that flesh in them baskets, and they got them all stacked up, and then they put that on there, and amen, and they just, they just, they put. I found this very interesting. We're still talking about Jesus in the garden. I'll get back here in a second. They put a rock on it that weighs around 400 pounds on the end. Which leverage-wise, Brother Sonny, we know what kind of pressure that's going to put on that rock. Way more than 400 pounds. Way more than 400 pounds. And that's called, the rock, I like this, it's called, you know how you got oil? I don't know whether we got a jar of it up here or not. Nope. Anyhow, how many knows it's called, what, virgin oil? The rocks are called virgins. The stones that they use, they got a name for it, and they call it a virgin. That's why it's called virgin oil. I'm just trying to help you. The more you understand things, the better things are when you read. The extra virgin, let me break this on down real quick. They didn't do that back then. They just had virgin oil. But the extra virgin oil is without any rock. It actually means extra virgin means no virgin in the Hebrew. In other words, you can flow the oil that flows out even without the pressure. Just hang in there. And the first time that they put the rock on it, the stone on it, amen, and they let it sit, brother, for 20 minutes. Remember this. The Lord, I think, showed me something I've never seen before. 20 minutes, brother Howard, they put that stone on there. And the first oil that runs out is called virgin oil. It's called pure oil. It has no flesh at all in it. And that is what they give their first fruits to the temple of God. For the lighting of the candles for the anointing of the priesthood is the pure oil with no flesh in it. Because it's the best oil that you will ever get. And how many knows God deserves the best? Woo! So the first press was given to the temple. The first press was given to the priest, amen, for the jobs of the priesthood in the kingdom of the temple. Come on, somebody. So I want you to understand. Everybody say 20 minutes. I'm going to take you somewhere. Just hang on there. I hope I'm not boring you too much. Amen. So then they put another stone on there, another virgin on there. Amen. And they put even more pressure upon it. Remember, the first fruits goes to where? God. The first fruits is the purest oil. The first fruits is the best oil. Therefore, it goes to God. The second press, amen, they put it on there again for guess how long? 20 minutes. And after 20 minutes, then, then underneath that hole, that, that oil runs out, amen, into a basin, and they scoop it up, but it has flesh in it. 
It has particles of the olive. So therefore, it's not pure. So it can't be used. We're the oil guys. Listen to me. I'm going somewhere with this. So it can't be used in the temple. It can be used in a lamp, but not in the temple. It, it can be used as food to cook with, but not in the temple. Uh, it's still oil, but it's got some too much flesh in it to be used in the temple. I hope you get somebody getting it. It can be used for cooking. It's used for cooking. It's used, now the first oil isn't used for cooking except in the temple because it was the best. The second batch is used for makeup. It's used for perfume. It's used for cooking. Amen. And it's a great oil. It's good. It's, you know, it's all right. But it's not the best. And it's not used in the temple. Are you with me so far? Then they, they, there are only three. I found this kind of amazing, Brother Steve. Every oil press has three stones. Pretty wild. I'll get to it in a minute. I'll explain. And then they put the third stone on there, the third version on there, and they press it one more time. Guess for how long? 20 minutes. 20 more minutes. Now this oil got a lot of flesh in it. Because they done put so much pressure on that thing, it's squeezing the flesh so hard the flesh starts coming through them baskets. I'm I'm going to just hang in there. We're getting ready to go for a ride. And the the flesh starts coming through with the oil, and it's just not much good for anything other than to light a lamp and make soap. Still oil can be used, but not for much. Uh, we the all, guys. We the all. We the all. Come on, somebody. Let me break it on down. Can I break it on down? Are you understanding about the press now and how they make the oil? Who's oil? The anointing of God. Us being put into the press. Amen. Just as Christ was put into the press. So when the pressures of life are upon you, you're getting what you prayed for. God anoint me. Ouch. Everybody don't want to quit praying that. You know, people say, Well, don't you dare pray for patience, brother. How many heard that? Don't you don't you pray for patience? You need to. Jesus said you need them. See the you just don't want the pressures of patience. <laughs> come on, somebody. But you need the patience. And the pressure's the only way the patience will come. How can you know that God's a healer if you've never been sick? I know, I know he says it in his word, but you understand what I'm saying. How can I know that God can give me peace that surpasses all understanding except when everything's a mess. 
Am I, am I talking to anybody? Uh, now, now, I know where I'm at. I know where I'm at, Brother Howard. We're talking about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, the Garden of the Press, the Garden where the oil comes out, the Garden where the oil is made. Why did Jesus go to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray? I'm so glad you asked, Brother Jacob. And uh, how many knows that he took his disciples there, Brother Steve? Uh, amen. And he told him, he said, now, now y'all wait here a little while while I go pray. Amen. Then he said, Peter, James, John, come on a little bit closer to me. Amen. And they said, now y'all stay here and pray. Watch and pray with me. Jesus was asking for prayer. Why? Because he knew he was about to get pressed upon like he'd never been pressed. He goes to the garden. This is, you'll like this, Brother Steve. Y'all say, y'all search it out, preachers. He goes to the garden and he prays. He said, Father, uh, if there's a be any way that this cup pass from me, let it pass. But nevertheless, not my will, but uh, uh, not my will, but thy will be done. He comes back to his disciples, and this is why I've overlooked something. And he comes back to his disciples and he said, Could you not even pray with me but an hour? Am I right, preachers? Am I right? But I think that hour is different than what I've ever seen it. Y'all stay with me. Because the oil, how many knows? And then he says, but my hour has not come. So he's talking about two hours time. Just hang in there. He said, come and pray with me for an hour. And then he says, my hour has not come to be in the press. Not to go to Jerusalem and die. So, so we're talking about an hour. Everybody say an hour. Now, how long did it take for all the old to be pressed? And how many times did it have to be pressed? Comes back. He says, could you not pray with me but an hour? That hour wasn't up yet. That's why he went back for another 20. Never seen it before till I studied this out. Then he comes back and he prays the same prayer. It says, Father, not thy will, but thine, not my will, but thy will be done. And he comes back and he finds them again. And he goes back the third time. And the third time, he prays so hard because the pressure is so great upon him because he's carried every demonic spirit. He's carried every sickness. He's carried everything upon his back. Every sin of the world throughout eternity, well, throughout this world, every sin of every person put upon his back, every pain. And he knew in the garden when he was praying what he was getting ready to face. And he prayed so hard, and the pressure was so great that his blood, mixed with his sweat. And it dropped out upon the ground. Everybody say the ground. And there's something that I found very unique about that old press. When it's pressed and it comes out, it doesn't look like this. It's red. Like blood. It's mingled sweat and blood. But after it sits, 
then it turns like this. How many knows that Jesus blood was mixed with his sweat but after he went to the cross and he rode up the third day come on somebody come on somebody he didn't look the same as he did when he was in the press while he was in the press he was all bloody come on somebody ah come on come on come on so he went back the third time and prayed and the, the pressure was so great that his sweat turned to blood. Now, can I go a little bit further? Then he goes to the whipping post, and here it is represented once again about his flesh being torn from his spirit, man. Come on, somebody. He goes to the cross, and once again, it's a representation a man of more of his flesh being torn away from him and allowing the oil. Oh, come on, somebody. And when they pierced him in his side, the blood and the water came out, releasing what was on the inside of the olive. Come on, somebody. And then, Brother Howard, the Holy Ghost was released. Come on, somebody. Because before then, there wasn't no way for God to send back the comforter. Come on, somebody. Amen. So then the anointing of God was released out of him, what was on the inside of him. Are you with me? Are you with me? But there's something, there's a catch to all this. Now we're getting ready to get into it. That, that's just a foundation. Uh, uh, he, he didn't complain about it. He didn't gripe about it. See, let me break it on down. Put you in that press, start putting pressure on you to get that anointing that you want. Then you start complaining and losing your temper and blah, 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 blah. And the Lord says, shh, they can't handle it yet. They want it, but they can't handle the pressure that it takes to get it. Come on, somebody. He didn't open up his mouth. But see, we have the tendency to get angry. And most of the time, you know, so many times I bet we're just rebuking the devil and it's God saying, I'm trying to get some more out of you. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to answer your prayer, but you won't let me because you keep opening your... Come on, somebody. I'm preaching good. It's the truth. Hey, man, so many times we murmur and complain, and, and you know what? I don't know about you, Brother Howard. I want to look like this. And, yes, I know what it means when I say that. I understand that pressure is what will bring out the anointing. I understand the greater the pressure, the greater the anointing. I want you to understand that Paul's anointing was so great, Peter's anointing was so great. Why? Because they didn't murmur and complain about it. They rejoiced when they was in the pressure. 
I'm not talking to anybody. We talked about all this this morning. You're not going to get where you want to get until you learn to rejoice in persecution. You're not going to get that anointing until you learn that all these things that try to trouble you are just pressure trying to pull out the Word of God that's inside of you so that you'll speak the Word of God so that the anointing will flow out of you so that somebody can see it. Come on, somebody. Stephen was under pressure when he was being stoned, but yet, Father, forgive him. Peter, uh, amen, was under pressure. Amen. He, he watched his buddy die and still had such peace of mind. He went to jail, locked up, kicked off his shoes and his robe and laid down and slept like a baby. An angel of the Lord had to kick him to get him up. That's the peace and the love of God. That's the anointing of God that you can walk by in your shadows, heal people. Because he came out of the pressure looking like this. He didn't have all that flesh. Bless the Lord. You know, like Paul and Silas says, Pete and put in prison, and Paul and Silas, they rose up and said, Don't oh, no, they didn't do that, did they? No, no, they didn't do that. They, they praised the Lord. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? That's not an easy thing to learn. Can we be real? That's not an easy thing to learn. But you have to learn it if you want the anointing. You have to learn it to get that purity. Because if not, what you're doing is you're being mixed with the flesh. You can handle so much pressure, but the flesh is still there. Come on, somebody. Uh, Huh? And you can be used for some things. But you can't be used for others. Let's just be real. Everybody says, well, bless the Lord, we all anointed. Yes, we are. We're all chosen. We all got a measure of faith. We're an all anointed. But, I, I, you know, this, this is a misconception in the search. We all don't have the same anointing. We all have the same ability to get the same anointing. Miriam didn't have the same anointing as Moses. She wanted it, started complaining about it, and God put leprosy upon her. Am I right, Brother Howard? Uh, uh, the, Elijah, you know, Elijah's servants didn't have the same anointing. They had the same ability to get it because Elijah, amen, Elijah, amen, Elijah got the anointing that Elijah had, amen, but then Elijah, amen, had, had a Gehia, is that how you pronounce Amen. A servant under him. But he chose the money instead of the anointing. He, all, he had the same ability. Elijah got the, a double portion of Elijah's spirit, his, uh, his anointing. And Gehazi had the same opportunity, think about this, to get a double portion of his because God's not a respecter of person, but he chose something else instead of the anointing. Now we can choose to get mad instead of the anointing. We can choose to get jealous instead of the anointing. We can choose to have envy instead of the 
the anointing, but I choose the anointing of the Lord. Come on, somebody. Hey, I want, and I know, you know, when I say that Come on, somebody. I know that when I say I want that anointing, I know that I'm under so much pressure right now. I, you know what? I feel like, God, I can't take it. And then I got to study him about this. I said, God, put another virgin on it. Whew. Come on, somebody. Lord, just, 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 just put that pressure in there. Come on, somebody. Hey, man, I want that oil to run out of me. Come on, somebody, where you can use me in the temple of God. I want to be pure, amen, in heart. I want to be pure in my spirit. I want to be, it can happen, church. Come on, somebody. I want to, hey, God, I understand what I'm asking for. I really do. I understand that the pressure's already great, but God, you said you'd put no more on me than I'm able to bear. And God, if you're allowing it, that tells me that it's working out for me. If you're allowing the pressure, that tells me everything's going to be all right. You're just trying to pull some more out of my life. Come on, somebody. That you can use me in a greater way. That you can use me greater. I don't know about you. Do I have anybody in the house tonight that wants the anointing of God in spite of the pressure, in spite of the people talking, in spite of the oppression, in spite of the things that come upon us, in this life, do you want the anointing of God more than you want your flesh? Do you want the anointing of God more than you want the things of the world like Gehazi? Do you want the anointing of God to follow after Elijah like Elijah done? Do you want the anointing of God to pick up your cross, deny yourself, amen, and follow after Jesus, crucify your flesh? crucified without pressure. God wants to use each and every one of us in a greater way than what we're being in God wants to use you. I'm going to just say that. There's an anointing fell on Brother Jacob this morning. I'd only seen one other time that was up my house. Did y'all see it this morning? It's because of the pressure. Are you hearing me? It's been upon your life with your partner, with the cars, with these things, but you stood. doesn't feel good but it's for your good I don't say that again the pressure does not feel good but it's for your good nobody likes pressure how many knows how many knows you know it's it's kind of like it's kind of like yes brother Harry it's kind of like, you know, these, these bodybuilders, amen, they get used, amen, and, and some of these guys, some of these runners, let's use a runner for right now, some of them, you know, they'll go out here now, I'm not going to run too much, okay, and they get out here and they jog up their run. and then after a while to build up their muscles because they're carrying all they got, I mean, you know, most of them guys that run that 5Ks, you know, weigh 60 pounds, 
And, and they can only build so much muscle with 60 pounds. So they put a pound weight on their ankles. How many knows what I'm talking about? And they put a pound weight on the wrist. All right, now it's 64. Come on, somebody. Uh, come on. And, and then they move up. They, they, two pound weights, three pound weights, four pound weights, five pound weights. And they start putting these weights on them. Why? Because they are learning to handle the pressure. And the more pressure that they learn to handle, the greater and the stronger that they become to run the race. Are you with me? So you know what? Yes, it gets heavy sometimes. Come on, somebody. I ain't going to lie. Sometimes I think, oh, I don't want this. And he said, you asked for it. I, I know, but I didn't know what I was asking for. <laughs> I really didn't have a clue. But I still want it. I still want it. Does anybody else? Does anybody else want this anointing? Anybody else? Now, now, now when you're saying that, you know, you know <laughs> See, we got this little misconception in the church, especially the Pentecostal church nowadays, you know. I've been in this thing for a while. People come up front. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. People come up front. I want a great anointing. Put a little oil on me and that'll do it. I can soak you down with head to toe with oil. That ain't going to anoint you. Come on, somebody. You know what? I, I, you know, I, I've learned. I've learned. Uh, I've learned. Come here, Brother Jacob. I, this is what I've learned to do. Like you come up for prayer, amen, and, and you want a greater anointing. I want a greater anointing. Okay. Lord, cause chaos in his life. <laughs> that ain't what you asked for? Lord, cause every devil in hell to come and start fighting against him. <laughs> See, but how many knows? If I'm going to pray for you for an anointing, that's what's going to happen. So many times we pray for stuff and we don't have a clue how what it takes to answer that prayer. Come on, somebody. How many knows what I'm saying? Hey, man, well, you know, I can pour all the oil. I can put it on rags, slap it on you. I can put it on a horn, pour it over you. Hey, man, when, you know what? When they, when, they, oh, my, my. when they took the horn of oil and they put it over and that disappointed them. That didn't anoint them. David still had to fight the Goliath to get to it. Am I right, Brother Ryan? He still had to kill the lion. He still had to kill the bear. He still had to kill. He still had to keep his mouth shut when Saul wanted to When Saul wanted to kill him, he still had to keep his mouth shut. He still couldn't touch God's anointed. Come on, somebody. Huh? Are you with me? Even though he was anointed, chosen, there it is. That's what that represented. I've chose you to preach. I've chose you to be King David. But now I'm going to start applying pressure. <laughs> Praise the Lord. How many knows what I'm talking about? How many knows that when God chooses you, the pressure starts? Can, can I get a witness? Come on. How many knows that when you first accept Christ, you're like, what have I done? Come on, can we be real? 
Lord, I never had to fight this stuff before because you was the one doing that to everybody else. You, you is part of the problem, not the solution. Come on, somebody. But then when you got on the right team and he chose you and he plucked you off the tree, he put you down there and started rolling over top of you, you're like, man, I don't like this. He's trying to separate, get rid of my flesh. I like my flesh. Come on, somebody. Hey, man, I don't like being in this, man. I'm rolling over top of me, putting pressure on me, smashing me up. He wants me to get rid of that. I don't want to get rid of that. I like that. Oh, don't y'all act so holy. Come on, somebody. <laughs> you first get saved, you're like, I don't want to keep my mouth shut. I want to I wanna be who, and bless the Lord, I've always been this way. My mother was this way. My mother's mother was this way. Break the curse. Ooh. Hello, can I get a? Break the curse. Well, that hit all over the building. I, I felt it just go all over the place. I mean, that's what I'm saying. When you enter this thing, when you get chosen, you, you, the pressure starts. But here's the thing. In order to get more pressure, you can't just keep on getting out of the press. You've got to stay in there for that season at 20 minutes. Boy, it feels like... You know, day with the Lord is a thousand years. Said so twenty minutes could be a year or two. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Amy's like, no. <laughs> but, but I, I wish it was just twenty minutes, don't you? Come on, somebody. But how many knows that if you want the anointing of God, there's going to be pressure put upon your life to get it. And how many knows when you first get saved, that's when the pressure begins. Am I right? Come on, church, am I right? Praise the Lord. We're going we're gonna to put in a song, and you know, I don't know everybody's heart, and I don't know what you're going through. Amen. But I want you to understand this. Whatever it is that you're going through, it's because God has put a loud pressure. How many knows that? You can go ahead and cut that off back there. How many knows that? God has allowed the pressures on your life. 